even though I feel depressed a lot, um, I do. I, I also feel stronger than I've ever felt. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is coming out just after Christmas 2017. So happy holidays to those of you who celebrate. And happy new year to everyone. Unless you ascribe to the Jewish or Chinese calendars. And then, I don't know, I'll talk to you guys in a bit. So I've been thinking that a lot of things right now in the world are changing, and it feels like they're changing extremely rapidly. And it doesn't take much inspection to see that things that maybe you or your parents have always held as an integral part of society are crumbling away. Maybe that's how it's always been, right? Maybe back in the 800s it seemed like pieces of society were crumbling and falling away. But it seems at least like it's doing that crazy fast right now. And that can be cause for optimism or pessimism. But I have definitely started to feel myself get pulled more and more towards pessimism every day. That might just be because I'm getting older. Um, But it's also what I'm seeing in the world. Every time I look on Facebook and see that we're building another pipeline for oil while we're already nearing a point of no return with climate change, just kind of gets me down. I feel like there's nothing I can do about it. But I was listening to an interview on Krista Tippett's podcast, which if you guys don't listen, is one of my all-time favorite podcasts. It's called Unbeing. I was listening to an interview with her and activist Rebecca Solnit, and she was saying something that I've heard a lot of activists. People are actually down in the trenches, like doing a lot of the hard work, of which I am not one. And the sentiment that I've heard repeated a couple times is that it is a stronger place to be if you are an optimist as a pessimist you kind of know how everything is going to turn out it's going to turn out shitty that's what being a pessimist is but being an optimist you have to be brave enough to live in the uncertainty that things could be good but you you don't know and that's hard i'm not talking about being naive obviously being naive is being naive but being optimistic shows shows strength And one of the few things that does make me optimistic is that more and more people right now are getting the chance to at least speak up. Maybe they aren't being heated, maybe they're not being heard, but more people are able to communicate. Or they're able to find a group where they can feel at home, people who have similar experiences that they wouldn't have been able to find earlier. So I'm really happy that I got to talk about just that with my next guest. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy. Please remember to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It'll help way more people find it. Uh, I don't really advertise. If you could give me five stars, that would be amazing. And if you are able to rate, that kicks ass. It only takes a couple seconds. Also, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at at least pod on both. I'd love to hear from you guys that way. Anyway, thanks for choosing this podcast to try to squeeze some small silver lining out of life instead of a cute cat video or pornography, or maybe you're doing all three at the same time. And if that's the case, uh, kudos. Anyway, I'll be back with a conversation just after an ad for another podcast on the Nerdist School Network. Hey guys, it's Ryan and Kelly. Hey guys, it's Ryan and Kelly. <laughs> From the Hellmouthy Podcast, do you want to watch Buffy either again or for the first time ever and talk about it? With us, <laughs> you'll be doing talking by yourself, but we'll be talking. Check out the Hell Matthew podcast on Nerdist School Network. Listen to it. Okay, <laughs> let's try it one more time. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to At Least There's This, a show that gives you some modicum of silver lining on the shit sandwich that we call life right now. Uh, things, uh, things have been falling apart continually. You guys know that. You also live on the same planet, unless you don't, which intercede please if you're out there uh, i will take alien overlords over this so the tax bill just went through we don't know no one knows what's going to happen no one knows if people are going to be okay after this it kind of all signs point to no uh, and also we're dealing with the ramifications of the Mueller probe uh where flynn has finally been indicted and who the fuck knows what that's going to mean is that going to point to jared kushner is that going to point to trump we'll hopefully know in a few months But for right now, everyone is just kind of on the edge of their seats for this weird sea movie spy thriller that's happening uh, all around us. But in a world where it feels like everything is crumbling, 
at least there's powerful women rising up and supporting each other. Guys, I am with a, uh, a podcast hero of mine. I'm with the brilliant Katie Stoll, uh, who you guys <laughs> might know from Crack.com. Uh, but do you, want to do you want to introduce yourself? Do I? I mean, that was a pretty great introduction. Yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Katie. I do comedy. Um, feels like less comedy lately <laughs> and more, more like, like uh, terrified ranting to the skies. Uh, <laughs> but You might know her from her very controversial but very cool PETA videos. You might, <laughs> that keep getting taken down. <laughs> like all interesting things ought to be. Oh gosh, that's a that's a huge thing. I'm not done with them yet. <laughs> You'll never be done. No, I yeah. won't. Um, um, but we're here, yeah, we're here to talk about powerful women, which we all need to talk about right now. Before we get into that, would you say that you are an optimist or a pessimist? I would say that I am an optimist. I am an optimist. It's, if only because it's, I find it impossible to dwell in uh, the negative, and I and I do now. It's hard because there's a constant shitstorm of negativity all around us. But I do have hope, and I do have faith in people. There's this quote, Diary of Anne Frank, that has always stuck with me ever since I was really little. Uh, in spite of everything, I think that people are truly good at heart, and that gets harder and harder to believe right now. But I but I do believe it. I think that there are the essence of people that are good. Um, so that's, I guess that's kind of my worldview. <laughs> Do you, can you point to anything as to why, why you believe that, why that's your worldview? I have a hard time believing that people truly wish ill will on others. And again, that's hard right now. That's hard for me to, to grapple and to, to, to really stand behind because I'm not seeing it all the time. Yeah. Um, the more polarized we get in our camps, uh, yeah, we see this evil tax bill and it's hard to see any good in that. Um, and I don't see it. But the people that vote for Republicans or conservatives that are keep keeping this them in power, um, they have their reasons. They have their justifications that I don't understand. And they might be wrong. I mean, they are wrong. <laughs> they are wrong. But like, I don't think that necessarily they're evil or bad. And and I think that that's very important for us in moving forward. Because once we get through this, we are still a whole country, and we have to we have to be able to work together. I so uh, before we started recording, I mentioned that one of my podcast heroes is Krista Tippett. Yeah, and I was listening to an interview she recently did or recently released with this journalist who I'm now totally taken with. I think it's Anand Giri Haridas. I don't know. Um, and he he likened the country to a relationship where we no longer are committed to one another. Mm -hmm. So the second something goes wrong, we're like, done, I'm out. Yeah. And I feel that because I felt that in relationships before where you're like, the second this person does something that pisses me off, I'm not willing to work through it. I'm done. Yeah. And I have been feeling that as a citizen of this country. And isn't that – that's interesting, and I think that it's a really good analogy. Um, I am single. I have I have had long relationships. Never worked out so far. But one thing that I do know in all of my therapy right now as I try to process these things is uh, two sides to the – and there's an argument uh, – two sides to this argument and – yeah, I'll be set off by a partner and just waiting for it. But a lot of times that means that I'm not looking at myself or I'm not looking at how I'm communicating and I'm not taking responsibility for my part in this. I'm dealing with the exact same thing. I'm also in therapy and in a long-term relationship yeah. right now, but I am dealing with the same, like, I get so mad, but like, no, nah, I was just kind of being a dick. Like, that was on me and then I was being defensive after that. And it's uh, hard to recognize that. Yeah. It's hard to take a step back and see it. Um, and I, I think that that's very, no, I don't think, I know that that's vital for us moving forward. Is to take a step back and look at ourselves. But then that's hard because when someone else isn't doing it, you want to do that knowing that the other party, whether it's, it's the Republicans, the conservatives, or it's your partner, is also like, exactly. okay, I'll step back and look at me too. Because it feels like, well, I'll seed and then you get space to continue yeah. to do, maybe it was a little thing that set me off in a big way, but you might continue to do it, which 
I feel like is has a lot of political relevance right now. Yeah. Because there's a lot of browbeating liberals like, well, let's look at these neo-Nazis. Let's look at these people and give them space to be human. But are they giving us space to be human? I don't know. No. I, you know, and I, I think that that's very fair. It feel, I mean, it feels cosmically unfair that it's on us to do that work and other people don't seem to be doing it uh and they don't have that perspective or that willingness to have that perspective um uh i mean i think a very good example right now that's been in the news all these these sexual assault allegations yeah and it's been very frustrating of course it is no you can't compare al franken groping to Roy Moore <laughs> assaulting fucking children, fucking children. You know, uh, the first allegation against Al Franken, I was like, wait and see. Yeah, you know. But now that there are several, and again, there aren't, they aren't the same thing. But we need to put our, practice what we preach and be yeah. the bigger person. And I know it's unfair. I know that that sucks. This I think bridges us into mm-hmm. the reason you wanted to come on and talk anyway. Yeah. Because the this wave of of power in the face of sexual harassment is entirely and must entirely be spearheaded by women. Yeah. By powerful women. It's exciting. And I mean exciting mixed up with so fucking sad. <laughs> Even just saying that like brought a little tears behind my eyes. I just tweeted been on the verge of tears for over a year now. <laughs> Something like that. That's got to be some sort of record. And it's true because every day I feel it happening. And it's not always because I'm so sad or so frustrated. It's also because I'm so moved um, and so good with the bad. But I am so inspired by uh, the women that I see. And I also and – and, and I should say that I've started seeing this – leading up to the election and definitely immediately after. And this is an experience that I've shared, that I've been discussing with a lot of my girlfriends, and, and I know that it doesn't necessarily resonate with all women, but my whole life I've been someone who's one of the guys. Mm. I've been a girl that's like, you know, I, for some reason I don't have that many close female friendships. And that's always been perplexing. I was always very envious of girlfriends that I knew that had their tight groups since their whole life. And it was, seemed uh, confusing to me because I was like, I don't know why I don't have that. And I've started to see it's, there's at least part of it is because there hasn't always felt like there's room for all of us. You know, if they're in a writer's room, there's only one. Oh, or if shit. there's two. And like, I wouldn't intellectually think that, and, but there's a competitiveness. Or we're judged by our looks, so uh, we're inherently comparing ourselves to each other. And that's changed for me from what I see. I see women truly supporting each other, going out of their way to make time, more so uh, you know, and like at the detriment to maybe male friendships. I don't see my male friends as much anymore, but I need to see my female friends every day or uh, sit down and talk and confide. And I feel so supported. Any idea I have, I bring it to my girlfriends and there's a group of people that want to help me make it happen. And that is something that hasn't that I, I haven't seen. And I think that we are um, opening up and embracing each other. And the other thing uh, that I find is part of it, and as through these conversations that I've seen, all of them sharing um, the same idea. It's not that all men are bad, because obviously that's not true. But I don't think that men really understand uh, exactly what it is. And we're still learning. We're figuring it out. We're finally articulating it. And that's powerful and cathartic. Um, but it's almost, it is it's very difficult, I think, for a man to su- truly empathize mm-hmm. microaggressions or... Uh, the use of this word versus that to describe us, uh, talking over us in meetings and not knowing it. Or if I say a joke and people don't catch on that I said it and then someone else says it and it gets a big laugh yeah. over and over and over again. And we just grin and bear it. But now we can say, no, wait, sorry, I said that first, yeah. <laughs> you know, without sounding like a bitch. Right, because you have support. And that mm-hmm. almost factors back into the the fact that there's this tidal wave crashing down on serial harassers on harassers in general Mm -hmm. because now there's support behind it yeah um i am lucky that i am surrounded by powerful women in comedy in my comedy life so i'm a house team member at the nerdist school which is where we're recording this podcast and my um director and more than half of the team are made up by women very um 
very funny, but also very uh, loud. They're loud. They're very yeah. loud, funny, powerful women. And that I, w- I went to this liberal hippie school where I left thinking like, oh, I'm very woke. I'm very enlightened. <laughs> and that has let me know like, oh, no, I got a shit ton that I am missing, that I'm not learning, that like I don't have any fucking idea about. And so I need to, one, shut up a whole lot more. Two, make sure I'm not just connecting with the people who have the exact same sense of humor as me because, like, oh, I yeah. see that guy who, like, oh, yeah, we vibe, we joke, right? This makes sense. Like, I also, I got to extend myself to have a different conversation with someone else and funny might come out of that. Like, yeah. it's making me run through my paces. I still have a lot to go. And, like, like you said, yeah, I see, I see what you guys are going through, like, a shadow i can just barely make it out and i can try my damnedest and like okay well i grew up jewish in a very christian white world can i equate that to it mm-hmm. a little bit and like try to find all my empathetic lenses and i'm That's still great. still missing things well yeah of course and me too all of us too uh, not just in terms with the women issue woman issue mm-hmm. um although Again, through all of this, I see someone share a story and I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, that happened to me too. Oh, I just brushed that under the rug. I didn't – wow, what are the long-reaching ramifications of that yeah. in doing that work? But applying that same lens, saying like, oh, I can see how this makes me feel, paying more attention and being vocal for the plight of people of color, people with disabilities, immigrants uh, – or even having empathy for people who I have no connection to or understand on the other side of the spectrum. That's harder. But like, but just being able to like take a step out and say like, oh, this is my pain. Mm, what's yours? And yeah. how has that affected you? And I think that's a big deal. Though right now we're talking about women. But like in general, I think that we are all going through that. Or it should be. Uh, so this, this leads me to the question at the heart of all of these conversations. And I, I think you've you've pretty much brought us there. You've led me by the nose. Uh, (laughs) How is a world with powerful, outspoken, brave women in it a good world or a world worth the time and effort to not just break up with? Oh, uh, I think it's the only way forward. (laughs) I don't think that there's a step back from that. And I don't necessarily think that it has to be a world led by women. Like this is a world where we all work together equally, right. uh, where you're bringing out the best in everyone. Uh, but women are more empathetic. Women are better communicators. These are blanket statements, of course, and gross generalizations. But uh, uh, also we haven't had the chance. And we just haven't had the chance. It's kind of like, uh, well, nothing else is working. <laughs> let's, let's try this. Let's try putting women in the heads of production companies yeah. and CEOs. Let's get more women politicians in. Let's do all the things that that should have happened a long time ago. How actually like regressive our country is. I remember listening to a David Cross album when I was like a little kid, too young to like really get his to be like David Cross is really mad about a lot of things, <laughs> isn't he? Um, but he had this. He was talking about like this was just post nine eleven, and. George W. Bush, my God, how old that makes me feel. I know. Right? Like railing at George W. Bush, like, the terrorists hate our freedom. He's like, no, if they hated our freedom, it's it's so easy. (laughs) You have to walk right into it. It's just easy. Uh, Presidents are so easy to impersonate, aren't they? It makes you feel good about yourself. Well, not for me because I'm a woman, so. I bet bet you could do a killer Obama, though. I probably could. I'm not going to right now because I would botch it. But (laughs) Helpful. but like the, well, if the terrorists hated freedom, why wouldn't they attack, like, Norway or Germany or any of the other countries that are way freer than we actually yeah. are? And it's – so even though we have maybe some political freedoms, there's so few social freedoms mm-hmm. in our country for women, for people of color, for people with different sexual mm-hmm. and gender identities, and honestly, for men. For men too, yeah. Fucking patriarchy – I am stuck in this box of like... It's toxic. I'm a tiny little man and I have to live my life like I ought to be a big, strong dude. And you... Uh, and and not welcome to share your emotions or and expectations. Expectations to provide and all this pressure, social pressure to be the person in charge. 
I mean, yeah, it, it, it is. It's oppressive. And it's interesting. I mean, you're right. Because like on the surface, yeah, okay, people are free here. But no, they aren't. I mean, you look at the prison system. You look at Fucking our hell. war on drugs and the incarceration of black men and, you know, or, you know, African-Americans in general, yeah. but black men disproportionately. Uh, women don't have 80 cents to the dollar, all of this stuff. It's like they give us um, a surface appeasement like oh no more slavery we all have the right to vote we won but like mm, no you're just like coding the surface so that you can like say that we did this thing and you're not actually addressing the underlying issues that are so deep and that they're going to take will take hundreds of years to really undo this makes me think of um an interview i listened to with ta-nehisi coates Mm -hmm. where he people keep coming to him for hope, right? Like, so you, all these problems, but what about hope? Like, what's the hope? And he's like, I don't know. Try not to suck. Try not to have your kids suck. I'm so generalizing no, what but... he said uh, because he's very eloquent. Um, but things are fucked, and you need to realize it, and then there is no going forward from that. There's no quick fix, right? Things will not get better immediately, but we have to realize that our country is an incredibly regressive uh like scary country for pretty much anybody yeah but very rich white men not even like poor white men are also struggling so fucking hard yeah even though i feel depressed a lot um i do i i also feel stronger than i've ever felt and that is largely because of the women around me and that i see online and i'm so inspired by them and bolstered by them and um and rely on them i want to hear more about so what you just said like the women online because you have a very powerful online presence you are uh you're a comedian who works for one of my favorite like (laughs) publications on the internet both in podcast and in article form so how does the world of women on the internet affect you yeah uh Back in college, there was a moment. I've always wanted to be an actor, but there was a moment. I was like, oh, I should go into law. I should be a lawyer. That's a more practical use of my performance skills, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was in student government, and I had – I felt like I didn't have a voice. I didn't feel like I had a place there, and I felt um, – In law? Uh, in the student government ses- – and, and, I, and I had this realization that, oh, this is a microcosm of the real world, and I really took a step back from – talking about politics I lost my confidence I lost um the desire to put myself out there and that was uh, you know just a deep insecurity that's kind of started forming then because who am I who am I to say my opinions I'm not qualified um and that was the the toxic mentality that I had and then I started speaking out I started saying stuff and I started getting feedback and people saying thank you. And then I started following more women whose opinions I respected. And I started seeing them and like feeling so inspired by them. And this platform really gave me an ability to do that. And I'm really grateful for it. Um, yeah. And it's hard sometimes. You're yeah. like, do I'm going to say this thing and do I want to? But then send it out into the world and then people see it. <laughs> but you just kind of have to do it. You do. And you're, I mean, back to the the PETA videos, which is something that I think I, I – that was the first thing I – because I met you – I'd heard you on a podcast yeah. before, but I met you then through – or I, I saw you then online through that. To yeah. Like, oh, damn. Like, she'll go out with a bat. Like, <laughs> it was, oh, fuck. Like, she'll burn this house down. That's fucking scary. Yeah. Because you're taking on a – And a little dumb, I guess. Oh, but... <laughs> yeah, but what what is not dumb? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's worth doing, like very little. Uh, you're not only taking on a litigious organization, you, people who support it, either knowingly or non-knowingly, are fucking diehard for it. Because yeah. like you say in your videos, if they don't really know about some of this shit, this is such a beneficent organization. So it takes a shit ton of bravery to step out into the firing line of people who like honestly believe they're doing genuine yeah, good. Yeah, that's a difficult one because yeah, communicating with them and showing them something and like that's another thing. I mean, it comes back to us being able to take a step back and look at like when we're very defensive. What is that? Look at the yourself and seeing in this argument if you yeah. have something, but it's hard to like 
it's hard to see that, you know, and there are a lot of really powerful, important people who are on, want to do right by animals, you know, animal, are animal advocates. And I commend that. But in my opinion, PETA isn't the place to be putting your resources. How does a world with more powerful women in it make it better for you specifically in your day to day? Like just yeah. hanging out with friends. Women communicating with each other and being there for each other and um, making each other feel safe to share and be vulnerable. Um, I see that in my day-to-day life. And and I was just talking about this with someone last night who was a little, a woman who wasn't sure she how she felt about all of these allegations coming forward about which actor is going to be accused next or which politician. And, and, and it is overwhelming. That's hard. Ugh. It's like a daily onslaught and it's hard. It, and for people that have been traumatized, there's there's an element of reliving your trauma each time it happens, and it's painful. It really is. Sometimes it just feels very overwhelming. Um, and I, so I get that. But I, I am so inspired by uh, all the changes in everyone around me, and especially my male friends, too. Uh, at a party the other night, People were talking about Al Franken. I make it sound like I go to a lot of parties. I don't. Um, Guys, Katie's (laughs) – she's got on a whole bunch of like disco clothes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glittering right now. I asked her to turn off her blinky lights when she came in, but she only turned off like a couple. Just a couple. The ones that he he aren't in his direct line of sight because I don't want to cause a seizure or anything like that. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. That's very polite I mean, it was a concession. Um, uh, a, A group of men talking about Al Franken and this is, again, right before all, all the allegations came out and defending him. And I started to say something, and another person talked over me. And then <laughs> two other guys were like, Shh, shut up, dude. And they said, I want to hear what Katie has to say. And they all turned. And that is a, a an example of what I see all the time now, people being like genuinely interested in what I have to say or what my female friends have to say. And that blows me away because nobody would have ever done that. And I'm very grateful even if it people are walking on eggshells, okay, that's okay with me. I think walking on eggshells is a, um, it's a state change that we will eventually relax. Exactly, into. it's like for right now, walk on those eggshells. Let's find our equilibrium. Exactly, equilibrium. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. exact right word I was looking for. Because when a thing changes in your life, if you if you grow six inches in six months because you're hitting puberty, you're going to be walking on yeah. eggshells when you walk around. Yeah. Because you've got a whole new reality you have to deal with. Yeah. And this is a whole new reality that, I mean, it's not new. It's just a new way we need to be conscious yeah. of that we weren't, have not been conscious of forever. Yeah. You know, and even with my, I mean, my family is very progressive, very liberal, but, uh, but gosh, you know, my dad, I love my dad. I adore my dad. Uh, um, if, but he's learning and like seeing the little things. There was a conversation. He made some joke about a woman, you know, some weight joke. Yeah. And I get it. He's a dad. Like that was a dad, kind of a dad joke. And I said, hey, daddy, I know you didn't mean that to come out wrong, but we can't make comments like that anymore. And for a second, he looked at me like, what? And then his face softened. He's like, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, that really touched me. Like, just just listening. We can make, that's the other thing. We can make mistakes. You can make a mistake. We have to give room for that, too. And we just have to be willing to, like, communicate it kindly and receive that. Yeah. So we can all, we can actually look at ourselves because if I say that what you did hurt my feelings or was offensive in some capacity, I'm also not saying you're a bad person. Right, because you wouldn't say that shit to a bad person. No. If you were, if I genuinely thought that you were a shitty person, why would I tell you that what you said hurt my feelings? You're garbage. Yeah. You're not worth. You're not worth <laughs> right. my time. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm not going to get mad at the trash for smelling. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So take it as. As at least there's common ground of, yeah. I, I think that you are worth talking to. About exactly. This. And I I have no right to say, I'm also defensive as shit. And like, I have had so many learning experiences that have not affected me until 
three months later where I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck, I, w- I was wrong there. Sometimes it takes that. They but at right. least you know your timeline for processing things. <laughs> it's three months. It's very, very That's slow. good. Better yeah. than five years. Uh, okay, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's hard. And that is something I'm learning. I mean, yeah, I'm a woman. And that has affected me in so many ways that I'm just not discovering, like, microaggressions, like I said earlier, all that stuff. But I am white. I come I have I'm not rich, my family's not rich, but upper middle class, I haven't had to worry about that. I am so lucky and I am in a position where I need to use that to help other people because you know, I, I this is a general tenet of intersectional feminism, but you we can't fix this system unless we fi- this part of the system unless we fix this part of it it's all connected i love that you said that because it brings us back to this idea of powerful women because this fight about intersectionality is one that is a is a debate between very much led by women yeah. that i notice like um, what is her name um, I'm so bad with names. I'm bad with names, And too. with reading minds. I was really hoping you'd be better at reading minds. <laughs> I've, I've been feeding you my questions, and you haven't gotten them. So I, I, did I not mention this is a, also a psychic mediumship podcast? I did not know that. You did not mention that. Is there I'm... anyone behind the veil you want to talk to real quick? Oh, God, so many people. Uh, give me one. Uh, let's see. John Lennon. He's not. He's, he's not busy. available? Yeah, too many people want to talk to John Lennon. John Lennon, okay. Yeah, I mean, who are you to try to get his his mm-hmm. time? Okay, well, I'll have to think of someone else. Okay, it's fine. You squandered your chance. So That you was my be, one shot? That was your one shot. I chose poorly. Yeah, listen to Eminem. You got one shot. Do not miss your chance. I have been listening to that song a lot this wait, week. Wait, for real? For real. And I fuck? know most of the words. Oh my God, wait, why are you listening to 8 Mile so much? I- I know all the words. I don't know. It's kind of a pump up song. And like, uh, yeah, I, I have listened to it at least eight times this week. Damn. Yeah. That's more times than I've probably listened to any I song. Can, I can, I will, I, I recorded a bunch of videos of myself doing it. Really? <laughs> That's, have you ever heard the spaghetti remix of it? No. Where every, every noun is mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti? Yeah. That's just my favorite part. I mean, it's the very top of the song. I it's love so it. Funny. I Well, I'm going to have to check that out. It's so good. How did I even get here? Uh, oh, because I was talking about the, oh, yes. this, how intersectionality is being in a large part led or at least um, fought by women. Yeah. One of my best, intellect, like one of my best friends who is um, – like we have a deep intellectual friendship because mm-hmm. he's the smartest person I know. Um, he is a gigantic black man. I mm-hmm. met him in wrestling class, and he is just so big and strong. Yeah. Um, and but he's also a Columbia uh, like grad scholar, mm-hmm. and he's brilliant. And he's probably listening to this right now. Hi. What's up, dude? Uh, feeling really embarrassed. When the first wave of allegations started coming out there were a lot of tweets from white women so white feminism mm-hmm. like i hope i'm not bothered by any man who gets accused of sexual harassment going to jail even if they didn't do it and at first i read that as a white guy i'm like yeah okay it, clear house it's their time why why don't they get to put some backs against the wall but he texted me he's like i can't fucking relate to this because how how likely it is for people like me who look mm-hmm. like me to be thrown in jail or lose their jobs or be fucking killed mm-hmm. because of like allegations by white women. Yeah. Oh, I would say something that I realized earlier this year walking. I love to walk by myself, but at nighttime, that's not always the thing, safest thing yeah. to do. Um, and I was walking down the street and, you know, there's a couple times I would walk past white men in hoodies and that scared me. But then walking past a black man, it didn't. I am so much more afraid of white dudes. I'm so much more afraid of white dudes than I'm black men. I'm so scared of white guys. Black I, men aren't going to hurt me. No, <laughs> like, because they know the fucking world they, is out after them. Yeah. But white dudes, no, they're the fucking world. Oh my God, living in, um, I used to live, I used to go to college just outside of New York City and commute on the Metro North. Mm-hmm. And you commute on the Metro North, you realize how fucking scary yeah. young white boys are. Oh yeah. Oh my god, because they think they fucking own. Because the they're world. untouchable, they and they do. They do own the world. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they they think the truth that they are all fucking Brock Turners. And by the way, 
right before I came in here. Yeah. Headline: Brock Turner is uh, trying to get his rape conviction. Oh my overturned. god! That fucking showed. Are you? Ki- I'm like. Are you that fucking kidding fucking me? Fucking tool bag. Come on, man. Read the oh, room. Oh my god. Yeah. Read <laughs> the room, bro. <laughs> <laughs> take one. Mean. Take an L for everybody. But Brock Garbage. Turner, the poster boy for rapey white privilege. Yeah. The. <laughs> that is like. Bell Hooks. That's the name I've been trying okay. to look for. Bell Hooks. Uh, so you can't, you can't extract patriarchy from capitalism from um, from one other like source from I think from whiteness. Yeah. Right. And I think also like uh yeah so pa- you cannot extract rapey patriarchy from the fact of white privilege, mm-hmm. and you can't extract Brock Turner from the fact that like. Yeah, he's a white dude. You know, he's like a young, w- mediocre-looking white guy. Who, Not even mediocre. He's a he's a young, very he could fade into a crowd. Yeah, uh, and shit's just gonna roll off his back. And he had the he money is. to like, what is he a swimmer? Yeah, he had the money to like go to a good sc- private school and become and take swim classes after school while he grew up. Yeah, and then he went to Stanford University where he had the money to pay for that, and then he had the money to pay for his defense team to only get him six months to only get him six months and there are people serving huge sentences for marijuana convictions black people black men you know uh who are serving sentences for who are serving like a lifetime in prison for the same offense and yeah and and it is inextricably linked to this whole movement of change with feminism and all of it because uh and men have been in charge for a long time and none of this. And that's why we got here. <laughs> yeah, that's how we got here in the first Oversimplification. Place. But, yeah. you know. Where do you see not just the hope but the joy? Mm-hmm. Is there is there joy in this? Is there joy in this? Mm, joy is hard. There is a joy in um, the the possibility of a better future. But I think for me, joy comes from the immediacy of um, connecting with someone and I'm feeling the sunshine on my face. That's where my joy comes from. And it's it's hard <laughs> because and, and I say that I just say that because I think it's important for us to. You have to, like, be proactive in trying to find it, I think. For, that's my experience right now anyway. Uh I used to have a lot more what I you know lightness in my life, and it feels very dark. So I have to make myself go and find those girls, sit at a coffee shop, and laugh. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, let's go on a trip, uh, and that, that you know, put myself go drive somewhere down the coast, whatever it is that I have to do to find it. Um, that's I guess it's maybe a depressing act to answer. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't think that's a depressing answer at all. I especially love the term immediacy. I am outing myself right now. I'm a huge burner, and that's one of the ten central tenets yeah. of Burning Man is all about immediacy. But having that fi- – finding it, not waiting for it to come, but finding it and having your crew to find it with. Yeah. Every conversation I have – not every, but many – all comes back to community and that's the mm-hmm. reason why I was curious about your experience on the internet with other women yeah because finding your community whether I was talking with Jen Curran about finding a community in um, in the world of loving true crime podcasts mm-hmm. finding your community in Harry Potter finding your community totally. in comic books finding your community that feels both your pain and your joy. Mm-hmm. Feels like the the thickest silver lining you can possibly create. Totally, I think it's vital, and I think that finding community even before this—that's something that, especially in Los Angeles, I think in order to survive, you have to find that community. We are humans are wired for connection and touch, and you know, yeah. Um, and this period is very isolating. It's very easy to not want you know just be exhausted by it if it is online that's great you know if twitter is if you can handle because for a lot of people twitter is anxiety producing and it is for me like if i have if you see my twitter feed being quiet for a day or two it's because it's too much (laughs) and i have to take a step back and so self-care is vital 
being aware of where you are emotionally and, and doing what you need to do and treat, treating yourself with Self, love. Self-care is a relatively new term. It feels old as hell because it's been yeah. around for like a year and a half, I guess. <laughs> and that's how fucking fast the world is moving right now. My God, I already feel ancient. I, I know. I'm I've nearly aged. 28 and I feel like a goddamn grandpa. I get it. Um, but self-care feels like that's something that's come from the elevation, at least in our thinking world of women. The fact mm -hmm. that self-care when dealing with trauma, because it feels like to be a woman, to be it feels like to be alive, but it's something embraced more by um, by women. Mm -hmm. to, be in, to be alive is dealing with a near constant sort of trauma. Yeah. And that self-care is a vital response to, to trauma. And it gets co-opted a lot by like the white feminism world of like bubble baths and, and chocolates. But true self-care also means like, fucking stepping back mm -hmm. from from twitter it means yeah sometimes it is bubble bath and sometimes if that's what you need yeah but it it self-care is about taking them a moment to sit with yourself and actually seeing what it is that you need what is it that you really want that's going to help right now what is it like? Let's talk, take away shoulds. Let's take away what you think that you, you need to do for someone or guilt and just take care of yourself right now. Yeah. Whatever that is. Is it a massage? Is it sitting on the couch and watching Great British Baking Show for eight hours like I've been doing? I don't know. Whatever it is. <laughs> it's it, For most people, it should be sitting on the couch yeah. watching the Great British Bake Off. God, that show is in a response to everything we are dealing with right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's the answer to everything, maybe. There's your joy. Norman bake a fucking pie. Oh, Norman. Oh, Norman. Oh. Um, I just My favorite is like Mary, Mary Berry taking a bite of something and saying that's scrummy or whatever but she's got crumbs on her face and that always makes me laugh whenever there's like food on their face they both bring me such a sense of peace just these like people who are like i like to bake i'm baking you that amount of work and practice that has gone in, gone into honing this art this art form uh it blows me away oh god it's such a it's such a relief the reason i was so excited to talk about self-care because it is a thing that I feel with my male friends, we are edging towards, mm -hmm. but it is it's hard for us. That language of empathy is so difficult for not – I hate this phrase, but not all men. Um, it sucks that I can't even just say <laughs> a simple string of words without it evoking such a garbage connotation. Um, that kind of thing is very difficult for men. And when I find a man who is very good at it, I feel very uncomfortable around him. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, stop looking into my eyes so soulfully. I don't like it. Because you're not used to being that vulnerable. I'm not, and I very rarely want to be if I'm sober. I'm very comfortable being that vulnerable when I'm tripping yeah. my balls off, but I only do that a couple times a year. The Burning Man. Yeah, I only do that at <laughs> Burning Man, which I missed. Never I missed been, and I want to go sometime. You should absolutely fucking um, go. Everyone should go. Um, yeah. So I feel most comfortable in that self-care world with, my very few female friends, yeah. but it's easier to be around a woman and talk about that kind of stuff. And that's sad. I mean, not like, that's sad, mm, but like, but so it goes back to what we were saying earlier about how this system that we have, you know, it hurts all of us, including white men or men in general, because in toxic masculinity, all of this stuff. Yeah, women are much better at dealing with trauma. Women are ready for, like, they've, they're hardened to it. They know when they're feeling you know, they, when they need to take a step back. Not all women, not yeah. all women. Hashtag, uh, hashtag, hashtag not, not all women. All women. Um, but, you know, like in general, and we're more comfortable with it. And, and of course, it's still hard for every, it's hard for everybody to be vulnerable, but I think a little bit easier. And that's definitely something that men could, should try to learn from women. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't say anything bad about them. It says something good. It says that you are willing to do the work on yourself <laughs> I God, I'm such a baby when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, I think I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a mature, I'm a big mature strong boy. <laughs> um, and then like some little thing happens, and I'm just like, 
no, I can't, I can't handle this. Let's go back to a place where I am comfortable and yeah. I am safe and uh, my way of thinking about the world is correct. Thank you. And I can't <laughs> – like, I, I get how fucked up that is, but it's one of those things where, like, no, I need my three months. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm like a kombucha. I'm not – you know, I'm not <laughs> You have like, to distill a little. Yeah, I need some Ferment. Time. I need to ferment, which is – it's not okay of me to demand that. It's fine of me to ask it, but uh-huh. it's not okay to demand it. But that's something that, like, my God, I need to learn. It's not okay for you to demand what? I time? think it's not okay for me to demand that I have time and other people are suffering. Here's the thing for self-care. You give yourself the time that you need uh, and, like, let yourself off the hook for whatever, like, it might not take – it might not happen overnight. Yeah. It might take time. Stepping out, the fact that you are entertaining the idea and making strides towards it is a big deal. And and self care is also um, giving yourself that credit and saying like, I've done what I can right now, and like letting that sink in and letting that affect you. Yeah. Before moving forward further, you know. Yeah, I think the one thing that makes me that helps me feel intersectionality is like I've done the one I've done what I can right now doesn't let me off the hook no yeah 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 and yeah i keep, keep coming back to that because i just i in this conversation reminds me of it i'm i'm so proud of everybody i guess that's something and not everybody but yeah. you know like yeah i said i didn't understand intersectionality a year ago a year and a half ago we're all fucking learning and so we're all fast learning right and and i I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for every time I've been wrong and and see it and have been told. I'm, I'm more grateful when I've been educated kindly. Do you know Haley Mancini? I recognize the name. I, as we both have realized, you and I suck with names. We suck with names. Yeah. And, uh, some of you guys, I'm sure, Haley Mancini. And I don't know what the tweet is now. I don't remember what it was. She tweeted one thing and then there was more. It's always hard because then more stories come out in different perspectives. So if you need jerk reaction and someone said something to her and she immediately replied, copied it and said, you are right. I am so sorry. I need to be better. Educate me. Something to that effect. And and that took a miss, you know, like again, we all make mistakes. Yeah. And then we can learn from them. And that is something that I am so, I am truly inspired by from everybody. Yeah. It takes, uh, it takes balls, I guess. I wish I had a different term for that. It's it fine. Takes, balls is yeah, fine. It, ta- it takes uh, courage mm-hmm. to do that. All right. Here's how I want to get closer towards the end because yeah. this has been, well, it, this has been amazing. I want to talk about some of the powerful women you see in the world that are like, Let's, we, you can even just fucking laundry list it. Like, this person's awesome mm-hmm. and this person's mm-hmm. awesome. Like, who is inspiring you right now? Like, for me, fucking Maria Banford being being one of the, like, stars of comedy right now and having her own show, I love that. Yeah. That a woman who has, like, honest mental illness issues, mm-hmm. she isn't being vaunted for her looks, is is in charge of I think Lady Dynamite is the funniest show I've seen yeah. in such a long time. Yeah, I I she's wonderful and yeah, because she puts her vulnerability on display and then people and it destigmatizes things yeah. and brings a sense of humor to it and, and it's magical. Um people that are inspiring to me, I mean, my first thought was Elizabeth Warren. I love Elizabeth Warren. I love although, her too. But like I'll, I'll take politicians off of the list. Okay, yeah. Let's um, let, yeah, let's take politicians off the list. Um uh Ryan Case is a director uh she is incredibly inspiring to me she's a friend of mine uh she's a badass feminist who's just worked her way up and worked hard and is not intimidated by any man and like is really a proponent of feminist uh movies that are and feminist being like I don't want to be controversial about Ghostbusters uh I ghost it's a great movie it's a whole thing but I uh Maybe that's not the best example. Well, it's still of, like a of, war film. It's still like an action film about it, breaking shit. and It's about putting women, taking a, a plot line that's inherently male, uh, like stories or like uh, the is it rough night where they killed the stripper or something. Oh, You're like, this right. is a male plot line and kind of a male fantasy and you're you know like you would see that kind of a thing happen in a, a movie about a man's bachelor weekend not a you know like right. what is a feminist story what's a feminist movie what are the stories that we have to tell that we can extrapolate humor from from inherently 
uh, female experiences. Could you point to one? Like, is Broad City on the right track, or is that Broad City's great? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't seen that much Broad City, but you know, like, I think yeah. that that's a, a very good example. And Ryan's working on a some. I know that she's working on projects that are in line with that, yeah. and definitely see more of it. Um, uh, uh, people, who is the do you who is the woman? I can't think of her name right now. It's just escaping me. She uh, does the Teen Vogue, all the Lauren I, Laura Duke, Lauren Duca. Lauren Duca. I, I love her. Yeah, she inspires me online and fires me up, and is so eloquent, but also unapologetically female, and you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, and un- unapologetic in her opinions. I should say. Um, Oh God, I'm gonna blank on everybody. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Two, two is never enough, but two is great. You guys should follow Ryan Case. She's very great on okay. Twitter. Um, you know, all of my, all of the women in my life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yes, cheering them. And Noelle, uh, doing her own. My friend Noelle Wells. She just, uh, she was on SNL for one season. I know her name. Yeah, yeah, and she is brilliant. Had a hard time there, you know. SNL is a, a rough place, and it's yeah. not any fault of her own. And she took her once she left there. She <laughs> wrote a movie that she then produced, starred in, directed, and now it's getting distribution. She also sold a pilot that she wrote and starred in, and is just you know in a very male-dominated industry. She's just doing her thing, and she's vocal about the issues she cares about and yeah. finds time for it. And I'm I'm always inspired by her and using that platform that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That, uh, this has been, while heavy, a hopeful conversation. Yeah, I feel much better than I did when I came in. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I can hope for. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, listeners, I hope that Katie has maybe shed some light on something and if not thanks for sticking through it yeah you didn't get anything out of this conversation you kept listening <laughs> I, I guess you really like us um do, will you give us plugs where people can find you find your yeah. work uh you can find me on twitter at katie stole um uh and on cracked uh just go to cracked and you know i'm all over there yeah she's, um cracked is just a picture of katie's face <laughs> so i guess those are probably the best ways to find me um sometimes i'll be in a commercial on your tv but i can't really guarantee when that would happen so uh look for a best buy commercial mm-hmm. in about a year and a half mm-hmm. and other than that twitter and cracked what is your twitter handle just your uh, name? katie stole k-a-t-y-s-t-o-l-l all right guys please direct yourselves there and uh if you like this podcast as every podcast has to say, almost like it's a ritual, please like, share, review, and subscribe. This is almost entirely word of mouth. Uh, I love that I get the chance to do this, and I I really love every listener who gives a fuck. So if you give a fuck, help other people give fucks. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your drive home or your laundry folding, and I'll talk <laughs> to you next time. Bye. class and show information visit nerdeschool.com